It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in third and final hour here on Thursday morning, the final day of August and a room for you at 508-996-0500. Let's go right back to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Okay. Well, phone lines are now open at uh, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, you can also send those app chat messages and you can send those open line voicemail messages. If you missed us discussing this earlier, if you didn't catch it in the news, uh, there is confirmed, it has now been confirmed, rather, that the coyote that bit the woman in Fall River earlier this week on early Monday morning has tested positive for rabies. Now, they put the the animal down uh, when the police arrived. Not only had it already attacked this woman that was out walking her dog in the area around the Fall River Country Club, but it had also been aggressive towards some of the grounds crew over at the country club. And so when the police arrived, it was clear that the the animal was being aggressive. And so the police had to put it down. And of course, to do the rabies testing, they, they can't do it on a living animal. Uh, they were able to do the rabies testing and it came back as positive for rabies. The woman was bitten on both of her legs and on her arm. So she will have to go through, I'm sure, a series of painful injections to try to combat the potential for rabies. But the police are saying that anybody who might have come in contact with that animal and physical contact with the animal. So just being in its vicinity, you don't have to worry. If you were were one of the people who came out when the woman was attacked or if you were somebody who was working at the golf course when it showed up there, you don't have to contact the Massachusetts Department of Public Health. But if you came in direct physical contact with the animal, if you touched the animal, which they didn't give any details on that. I'm wondering if some folks kind of came down and tried to maybe pull it away from the woman. I don't know. But uh, anybody who did come in physical contact with the coyote should call the Massachusetts Department of Public Health. The number is in the story at WBSM.com and on the app. But uh, be vigilant when you're out there because there have been a lot of stories of encounters with wild animals that have rabies this year. I don't know if it's any more, any worse than in the past. I don't know if it is worse, if there's any particular reason for it. But we know that coyotes are encroaching more and more into our neighborhoods. And I know people are going to hear that and say, well, actually, we're the ones that are in their neighborhoods. I know. I get it. But also, they tended to stay away from humans. But they're starting to to encroach more and more into where people have settled. And as such, you need to learn how to live with them. You need to learn how to avoid conflict with them. 
you know, as someone who left the house early for many, many years, waking up and opening the diner that I worked at, I would walk out the door and sometimes the coyotes would be out there. Usually a coyote, not, not multiple. And I would just look at him. He would look at me or her and I would try to make some noise. Usually that would rush them off. And I'm not saying like I would yell at it and bang pots and pans or anything, but I would just, you know, close the door, make loud stomps down the stairs, you know, just things so that it realized that I was coming and it might be like, all right, I'm out of here. Here comes a human. Uh, one, one time I did have to actually address the coyote and say, hey, I'm just going to my car. I'm going to get in my car. And when I get in the car, I'm going to leave and then you can do whatever it is that you're doing. I'm not here to stop you from coming out looking for your breakfast. And he, he didn't move. He didn't even move when I got in the car and started to pull away. So then, you know, I realized, like, I don't, I don't think he cares about me. He certainly wasn't aggressive, so I didn't worry about rabies. I just think that he was unfazed by my existence. But now, you know, the people that live in that area have known for a while that they've had coyote issues. There's been reports of them out in that neighborhood before around the golf course. There was the story I mentioned earlier from a couple of years ago, I think, where some kids reported. I remember I was hearing it live on the uh, scanner when I was here. Kids reported that they were confronted and almost attacked by a coyote on, on, on the golf course. They were cutting across the golf course, which they shouldn't have been doing. It was, you know, just dusk out. It was just starting to get dark. And they encountered this coyote. And so they called the police about it. Well, as it turns out, that coyote was a decoy coyote that the golf course puts out to keep the real coyotes away. But these kids were high and they thought that it was real. But there are issues with them out there. And I know sometimes people think, well, I live in an urban area. I don't have to worry about coyotes. No, you do. Because they will wander into those urban areas if there's a food source there for them. And that food source could be, you know, the wild animals that we're seeing starting to come back and, and into the neighborhoods like turkeys. But it also can be because we, the humans, leave easy food around for them. And if the summer of bears taught us anything... It's that we need to secure the food that we, we keep outside. Secure the trash. Keep our pets indoors unless we're monitoring them. I mean, if this woman had not picked up her dog and held her dog in her arms, yeah, that led to her getting attacked by the coyote and getting bitten by the coyote. But I'm going to guess if she picked the dog up in her arms and held it, it's a, it's a smallish dog. That dog would have been a victim of that coyote. So you got to be vigilant when you're out there, especially if you're going to be out walking your dog at 545 in the morning, which is when this happened. Just be aware that that's prime time for coyotes to be out there. And the other part of it is familiarize yourself with what a coyote looks like. Now, granted, the photo that we use for the story on WBSM.com and, and on the WBSM app is a a big, full-coated coyote. 
the ones that we get around here don't always look like that. Sometimes they do. But the Eastern Coyote is a... I want to say thinner, but I think it's just a less bushy coat. And a lot of the coyotes that I've seen usually look, they have a very thinned out coat. I think the term some people might use is, is mangy. And if they're coming into human areas looking for food, chances are that they're they're not part of the pack anymore or they're separated from the pack and so they might be anxious and nervous and more likely to be aggressive. Don't, don't make the assumption that because they're coming into your neighborhood that they're somehow domesticated. Like I can capture this one and have it as a pet. No, no you can't. And don't feed them. Don't give them a reason to keep coming back because it's dangerous. Doesn't mean we need to go out and shoot them all, but it's dangerous to have them around people and pets. So just don't give them a reason to keep coming back. 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, Mr. Weisberg. How you doing? This message is for Shawnee. Okay. I heard when she I heard when she called yesterday, and she said, uh, "Oh Tim, I didn't like uh, Jessica's show anyway because all she did was talk too much about her family." Now Shawnee, at least be a woman of honor and come out here and tell the truth. Okay, you didn't like her because she was talking about her family. Really, that's not the truth. You know it's because Jessica and the rest of the callers that call her show like me. We're for Trump, and you're not for Trump. So be willing no, enough to come I'm, out here and know. say, and say we don't like her show because she's for Trump, like the rest of the lefties at WBSM. That's why. I don't know if that's the, but, if, if, wait a minute. If she has but, an issue with I'm, people being for Trump. In order for Shawnee to even know that Jessica was talking a lot about her family, she had to be listening. So you were still there listening. Well, right, I've, I've, I've heard Shawnee call her multiple times. I've heard them have yeah, great conversations on the air. It. She stopped doing it. I'm listening too, Mr. Weisberg. She don't, she, near the end there, she wasn't calling anymore. Okay? Now, she could be probably even calling the big head honcho, whatever you told me his name was, Rock or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and telling him, oh, we don't want to hear her so much talking about her family, blah, blah, blah. That's probably part of the reason why she's gone too. Nah, I don't. I don't think Michael Rock would have yeah, listened to one caller for no, something like that. Too. You know, you're not for Trump either. Maybe deep down inside, you didn't want her there either. I hired Go her. Go and say it. I hired her. Yeah. And I brought, I I brought her into the station. You, she she was my okay. friend long before she worked here at the station. That's nice, but for some reason, her her podcasts weren't showing up, Tim. There was one day where the podcast didn't show up, that, right? and I fixed the problem when you told me about it. Yeah, but what about last Monday's show? I had to go looking for it because it wasn't on the website for WBSM. And I waited, and I waited because it was at a time that I had to miss the show. Sometimes you miss things, and I couldn't hear it. And I, so I went looking for and it. And I put it out Tuesday morning. The last show of hers that was on was Thursday. That's ridiculous. Because there was no show Friday. How come her show is the one that's always off the podcast and not yours? Because there was no show Friday. Brian. So, Shawnee, back to you. I'm disappointed in you. 
I was really starting to like you, even though you weren't for Trump. But to come out here and say something nasty because she spoke about her family, really? I've heard you out there talking about yourself right, a lot. All right. I don't want to turn this into into caller versus caller battles. Oh, I can't say what I want now, Mr. Weisberg. No, right? no, because now nobody want nobody wants to hear you insulting another caller. How do I know nobody wants to hear me? How do you know that? Well, you know what? I don't want to hear you insulting another caller. Well, then you know what to do. You get the button right there. Because then it turns into one caller calling for another caller, and then they go back and forth, and, and, and that gets We're boring. We're not supposed to express ourselves. No, I'm the host. You, you can you can attack me, but you, I don't I want you to attack another caller. I want her to be truthful. That was not the real reason. Yeah, she said what she said to you. Have a nice day, Mr. Weisberg. Okay, well, I mean, Barry's for Trump. She doesn't say that kind of stuff about him. Ken Pittman's for Trump. I don't, although I haven't I haven't heard, really heard him say if he still is this time around, but I know that he was supportive of him during his presidency. I haven't heard her say anything about him about it. So I don't think that's it. Listen, not everybody's going to be everybody's cup of tea. I know there's a lot of people that don't like to listen to me. There's a lot of people that don't like th that I talk about food and ghosts, as they like to point out. It's okay. Everybody's going to have what they like and what they don't like. But the bottom line is you'll be able to hear Jessica on Saturday. She will be here. It was not my decision to take her off. In fact, you know, I've been asked to, to, to just to clarify a little bit. I didn't even have anything to do with this decision about her not coming in. That was Michael Rock's decision. When she asked for last night off, he said, why don't you just come back in on Saturday? So if there's an issue with that, rocketfun107.com. I would recommend emailing him because he's, he's in and out during the day and he's on the air now. So email is always the best way to get him. In fact, when I need him, if... If he's not directly in the studio or his office and I can walk in and talk to him, I always email him directly. So, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. You know, I got a real big bone to pick with you, Mr. Weisberg. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, hey, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a, some big shoes to fill after, after Mary calls. I'm kind of intimidated right now. I don't you're, know if you're I a lot, call back later. Or... You're a lot calmer than her. <laughs> I already had my morning coffee. That's why. There you go. Listen, um, uh, I just want to correct you um, in your, you know, your um, update on the coyote. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm an avid golfer, and these golf courses, uh, they put these coyotes, these fake decoys, mm -hmm. on the field, uh, on the on the course to, um, like, on some of the holes, that they have geese problems. Um, it's not for the. It's not to deter the coyotes. If anything, oh, okay. a decoy coyote will attract the, the coyotes. Just like you know, you have decoy deers and decoy turkeys and stuff. You know. But anyways, um, yeah, there's a there's, some golf courses have like real bad. Like I know the New Bedford Whale, Bedford Whale and City um, golf course. They got a big geese problem. You know what I mean? I, I I don't really ride. I I always walk my cot. I always I have I have a, I have a push cot. You know, I walk and. Um, you know, I, I gotta bang my shoes off before I put them in the truck because, you know, it's <laughs> it's caked on with geese crap. So uh, that's that's the reason why a lot of these courses have those decoys up. Um, I heard you say it a couple of times this morning. I just wanted to correct you. Um, but other than that, I got nothing else really for you. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, no geese are getting onto the golf course now, and people can walk through the grass without worrying about what they're stepping in. Yeah, it's more like a it's more like a 
early summer type of problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some some courses keep them up all year round. You know what I mean? Just to keep them off the off the holes, especially the ones that are near water and stuff. You know, ponds and standing water. Yeah, we had we had a, a dock, a floating dock in my pond that everybody would like jump off of, and there would be times when we had to go out there and like you basically had to pull it in and keep it out of the water because they were just by the time you cleaned off all the the goose droppings off of it and put it back out there, it'd be completely covered yeah. again. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually do want to tell you. So I, I want to talk to you about something real quick. Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. He's he's got it. I you know, and you're gonna be like, holy crap! You're actually you're actually talking. You know. Telling me about a Republican, you know, it's like, but he's got to go. He he does his not look or sound well. No, his medical conditions need to take priority versus being a politician. You know, I'm surprised his family isn't his his immediate family isn't telling him, "Hey, Mitch, come on, just retire now." You know, just just resign, retire and resign. Yeah, I think you know I, I mean? just get out of there. I think you know, I, and I like to think that people's you know private medical issues can be their private medical issues if it doesn't stand in the way of them being able to serve the people. But in in this particular case, like he had to have his aides come up and, and really kind of take over the, the press conference and and take over that, the answering of the questions. Like it, it's, that happened twice. That yeah. happened twice. It's not, this isn't the first time. And what, what I'm not, a, I try not to be a big conspiracy theorist, you know, and if Mary's out there listening to me, I, I, I hope she maybe tomorrow would call and, or, you know, Maybe give her another chance to call in and see, see what see what she thinks about this one. But the first time Mitch McConnell did this little freeze up that he's been that 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 happened, the first press conference that he did, I, I believe it was in the Senate. Am I am I correct on that? He had that uh, yeah, I think it was out in the out yeah. in the hall. Yeah, out in the hall. Yeah, he um. So this woman in a green jacket. I don't know if you've seen the videos or not, but she came by him and she like tapped his hand on the podium and then after she tapped his hand like maybe 10 seconds after that he froze up and there was a few of his executives in the back that were kind of like you know smirking a little bit and then looking at the woman in the green jacket look up that video when you get a chance because i mean it's it's pretty interesting it's, no that's it, that's that's pretty conspiracy theorist it is it is very 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 it, it's very conspiracy uh theorist there but i was like wow man if you actually watch that video you you know, they, but they what, what, the what would be the what would the be the purpose? And, what would be the purpose? I don't of know. That? What are they trying know. to do? I don't know. They're talking about lizards and you know aliens and yeah, that's you know, I, I, was, <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty interesting, hey, to, to you know to sit there and you know and and actually consider it. It's like, wow, oh, man, people got to be nuts. But I mean, it, it it has all the proof right there in the video. You see it everywhere. Uh, let, let's let's put hand. proof in parent in uh, in quotation marks. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, no, you do, you really do though. You see her tap his hand, and it's like she puts that whatever she tapped his hand with in her pocket. Like she puts it back in her pocket. It's all on live TV. It's all, it's all there. Well, did you watch it you live know? or did you watch it later on? I watched it later on, but it's it's all over the place. Because like, just find be, be aware that those vi- those videos get doctored once they're put online. Like the lizard people eyes and all that kind of stuff. Those are all doctored later on. So yeah, I I know that, but it's like. If you actually, you, like, CNN has it up, uh, Fox News, you know what I mean? All the major news networks is, you know, they're not carrying it as a conspiracy theory, but they are carrying it as, like, you know, who's this lady in the green jacket type of thing, you know what I mean? Uh, it sounds like she was also check on the grassy knoll, so. Yeah, check right. it out. You might get it. You might, you might like it. All right. Thanks for the call. All right. Have Thank a good you. day. And uh, let's take another quick one here before we go to the news. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, Tim. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Hey, I want to talk about 
wolves and the coyotes. So the wolves in Washington, real quick. But I'm kidding about these. Uh, McConnell, Feinstein, the the new dude in Pennsylvania. I forget his name. Um, Biden, Reagan. They've all had cognitive issues and have been propped up by their staff to continue to do work. Um, McConnell looks like he's having uh, these mini strokes are called TIAs, which are real micro strokes. And they literally just stop you in your tracks. Um, my dad had had started to have them where he, he would, you know, hand me the TV controller, which he had in his hand for like 30 years and knew how to work with his eyes closed. And it's like, hey, can you turn the channel? I don't know how to do this. I was like, what? <laughs> How's that possible? Yeah, that's, that's kind of um, what it struck me as is it, it seemed very stroke victim-like. Yeah, I mean... I kind of feel that, <clears throat> that we, um, as much as people want to do their jobs like McConnell or Feinstein, I think that, you know, and it certainly gets more concerning when it gets to the presidential level, um, you know, they, they, we, we need to have some sort of recourse um, on this because, um, you know, the man should, you know, Feinstein and McConnell should get be done and, and, and rest. They should, you know, for whatever is left, but I get the feeling that, they get propped up and because of the seat of power, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, people said that happened for years with Strom Thurmond where he was, yeah, he was just being, he was just the body that was in the seat. Oh, and Ray, Reagan too. I love, you know, I'm a conservative, you know, and Reagan had dementia. Um, and, and, uh, he was, he was recounting, you know, stories that were actual movies as that there were stories that he was participating in. So, um, Hey, on the coyote front, it's kind of interesting. I spent a lot of time in the Freetown forest, um, and um, I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast, and they were talking about the coyotes are kind of, uh, they're not as predatory. They actually, you know, their packs take big big hits as far as, you know, getting hit by cars or um, they're getting lost. And when, they, when the coyotes howl, that's a call to muster. So what happens is all of their, their uh, pack comes together. And when they, and this was a scientist that understood coyotes and wolves and stuff, and he said if the pack member, there's pack members that are missing, after a muster's called, um, that triggers the pack to start mating again. So the reason why we're having this proliferation of coyotes is because um, if if a coyote dies or two dies in the pack, that instantly tells them that they should be mating and get yeah. more to build the pack up. And they, they give birth to four to seven pups in a pack, uh, or excuse me, in a, in a birth. Um, and generally, if there's no issues, they generally are, are having puppies in between April and May. But at any time that can trigger if like there's two or three uh, coyotes missing uh, during a muster, then that triggers them to immediately start mating again. So oh, wow. um, that's why we're seeing, we're seeing more and more. It's not that they're just coming from the West to, to the East. It's just that these packs are growing. They're just growing um, kind of organically. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, that, so, very uh, fascinating stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, we have them on our property and uh, I, you know, I've turned around before and seen one, you know, 10 feet from me, just staring at me, not, not doing anything, right. but just, just looking there. at what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Well, thank you for the information. Yeah. You have a great day, man. Y you as well. And right. uh, we do have to go into the news now, but we can take more of your coyote calls and whatever else is on your mind. 508-996-0500. But now let's go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. Thousands are still in the dark in Florida's Big Bend area after Hurricane Idalia made landfall as a Category 3 hurricane yesterday morning. As of this morning, there are over 100,000 outages statewide. 
Idalia is now a tropical storm with maximum sustained winds of around 60 miles per hour as it threatens part of the eastern North Carolina with life-threatening flash floods. The Department of Health and Human Services is recommending that the DEA ease government restrictions on marijuana. President Biden ordered the health agency to conduct a review of the drug last summer. Forty states allow the use of marijuana in some form, but on the federal level, it's still considered a scheduled drug, one drug, along with the likes of LSD and heroin. On Tuesday, the agency made its recommendation to the DEA, which has the final authority on scheduling substances. Governor Pritzker and Mayor Brandon Johnson of Illinois are seeking help from the federal government in dealing with the migrant crisis and labor shortage in Chicago. Pritzker was joined by Johnson and other Democratic leaders yesterday in calling for President Biden to approve work permits for asylum seekers in Chicago. We have the jobs. We have the people. We just need authorization from Washington. Pritzker is not alone in calling the Biden administration to quick to speed up work permit access. Governor Kathy Hochul of New York and Governor Maura Healey of Massachusetts have done the same as well. SpaceX is getting ready for another Falcon 9 launch from the Santa Barbara County. Daniel Martindale has a preview. There will be too much daylight to see this one across the West Coast. The launch from Vandenberg Space Force Base is scheduled for 7.26 a.m., more than an hour after sunrise. A backup launch window is available at the same time tomorrow. The payload is satellites again, but this time not Starlink satellites. The satellites belong to the Space Development Agency called Tranche Zero. They will be part of a network supporting global military communication and missile warning, indication, and tracking capabilities. This will be the 13th mission for the first stage of the rocket. I'm Daniel Martindale. And I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns the ring of fire. The Grand Ole Opry is honoring the legacy of the country legend Johnny Cash. A tribute to the man in black is planned on September 12th to recognize the 20th anniversary of his passing. The show will feature performances by Rodney Crowell, the the Gatlin Brothers, the Warden Treaty, and others. Tickets for the event are available at Opry.com. The Boston Red Sox lost to the Houston Astros last night, but the Sox will head to Kansas City for a game against the Royals on Friday. The first pitch is at 8.10 p.m. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. If you're planning on heading to the beach, we do have a high surf advisory until 8 p.m. this evening. Otherwise, enjoy this sunny, breezy day with temperatures coming in around 74 degrees. As we head into the overnight, it's going to be clear and cool with a low of 53 degrees. And for tomorrow, mostly sunny, dry, and a high near 74. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. Right now, it is currently 64 degrees in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Tim wants to hear your voice this morning, even if you can't call in. Open up the WBSM app and hit open line to record a voicemail he can play on the air. Now, more Tim here on WBSM.
check in 508-996-0500. So that song is an interesting little phenomena that happens in my ears. I don't know if it happens in the same in your ears, but there's uh, something that's called ghost tones or ghost notes. And they're notes that your ear will hear that aren't actually being played. They are filled in by your ear because of the expected sound scale. So there's, um, there was a, a violin in, that was in Wareham for many years that was believed to have been haunted. And I wrote about it in my book uh, about haunted objects. And in that I learned, or maybe it was ghosts. Anyway, one of my books I wrote about it in. And I learned about what ghost tones are. And then I was like, I don't ever experience that. But I realized that that song, Sunglasses at Night by Corey Hart, is one of those songs where I hear it. Only if I'm listening to it on a speaker and not on on headphones. So if I'm listening to that song and I'm in the car or it comes on the radio when I'm somewhere or over the music music system in a store or something, I hear dun 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 But when you put the headphones on, I hear dun 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 dun. So that extra note is kind of added into my ear when I have space between myself and the sound source. And that's a ghost note. That's a go. Uh, I believe it's either a ghost note or a ghost tone. But that's, that's what that is. That's your ear expecting to hear that and filling it in. And the space between the sound source and my ear allows that to come in. When the headphones are on, don't hear it. It's fascinating to me. Maybe not so much to you. Maybe like, quiet down with your nerd stuff, Weisberg. But... It, it really, I mean, do, do me a favor. Listen to that song, Sunglasses at Night by Corey Hart. Play it on your computer, on YouTube, on YouTube or something, with it coming out of the speaker, and then put your headphones on and see if it doesn't do the same for you. It may not. I mean, we, we're all hearing things at a different frequency. So it, it may be different for you than it is for me, but that's, that's how it works for me. And it's, it's fascinating. So, and it's a great song too. Thanks, Corey Hart, for not only giving me a great song to listen to, but also a science experiment that I can conduct here at the age of 45. And speaking of experimenting, you don't want to experiment when it comes to fixing up your home. You don't want to call a bunch of different people and have somebody come in and do the job wrong and then have somebody else come in and, you know, make it not maybe any better than it was before. No, you want to call the people that can get it done right, right from the beginning. And that is Precision Window and Kitchen in New Bedford. They've been doing it for about 30 years. They've been doing it better than anybody and not only do they have all the materials on hand to get the job done right, they have all the materials in their, their workshop area behind their showroom at 1111 Cushion Avenue. They're actually the place that the other guys will all go to to get stuff because you don't have to worry about things coming in on the supply chain when you've already got them in-house. So people know to go to Precision Window and Kitchen to get them. So they've got everything that you need to get this job done. It'll be done quickly. It'll be done correctly. It'll be done in a way that you know and you can have confidence that your family and your investment is protected, whether it be getting a new roof, which I'm sure a lot of folks are considering now as we're starting to head into the burr months starting tomorrow. Then you've also got the work that they can do to replace your windows. Maybe, uh, maybe you didn't really care so much about the cold air going out from your air conditioning during the summer, but when the heat needs to get turned on, and those leaky windows are letting in the cold air and you just can't get warm, you'll wish that you would call Precision Window and Kitchen to replace those windows. 
Maybe you want to have a new entryway door put in. Again, people forget that after time, those things start to droop a little bit and they don't have as much insulation around them and they don't do as good a job keeping the elements out. They can replace your entryway door. They can replace any of your doors. They can also fully remodel your bathroom or your kitchen. So many things that they can do for you at Precision Window and Kitchen, and you can find out about all of it by visiting them, visiting them at their showroom at 1111 Cushion Avenue, talking with them about what it is that you want to have done to your home, or you can go online to their website, precisionwindowandkitchen.com, and you can see some of the work that they've done and sign up to have them come out and give you a free, no-obligation estimate. Have them come down and see exactly what it is that they can do to make your home be the version of it that you imagine in your mind. Precision Window and Kitchen and PrecisionWindowandKitchen.com. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, Jim. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. I've got a couple of questions on the Stasco building. Maybe you can help me with I will try. I haven't it that closely. But now, UMass was the only tenant in there at the end, right? Uh, I'm not sure about that. I know that there had been some... Uh, there was There was another... Uh, it was like the workers' education. There was, there was a facility there to help uh, people transition into being able to work um people who are immigrants coming in and people who are looking for uh more training there was also i know bcc was in there for a while i don't know if they still had anything going on in there so they weren't the only uh entities in that building but they were a majority of it i see now it was never a dorm for them though right just to go no studio studio space classroom space so now, was there a time then of, through the course of the day that the building would be shut down and locked in until the next school day? Or was it open for the students? I'm not, hours I'm not sure. I, I doubt it was open 24 hours a day, but they might have had hours beyond because they would have like gallery showings in there and they had other things that would go on. They had different events they would do in there. So I'm sure, sure that there was a, an, an evening component to what was going on and probably even some even, evening classes. Yeah, unfortunately, I never had gotten involved with it all over the years. It's just sort of, you know, these questions that seem to be in your mind now is just coming up. So just check it on to see that. Um, well, that's about it. That's all I needed to answer on that. Thank you so much. Well, I'm glad if I could help at all. I'm not sure that I did, but if I did, uh, I'm glad I could. You gave me a little bit more than I had. There we go. That's all we can do on talk radio. Have a good day, my friend. You Bye-bye. as well. Take care. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm... I'm sorry to say, I never really went down there either. I never went in there and did any, you know, went to any events that were happening down there. I never went down there and checked out the work. I mean, but also, I I don't necessarily get art, you know. Like, and, and I'm I'm going to say that and be honest about it. I don't really always 
understand it. You can give me a piece of literature and I can, you know, write an essay on it and I can break it all down and I can tell you all about it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, or at least I could. I don't know if I still could today, but I, I did that for a long time. But when I look at something visual, I don't always get it. So it took me a long time, say, for example, to understand the art of photography. I would say, well, that, you know, somebody's just taking a picture. The picture's there. You're just capturing what the picture is. Like, it's, it can't be that hard. And then I saw Peter Pereira's work and I realized, oh, this is art. And I saw the way that he frames the photos and the way that he captures these moments and, and the way that he doesn't get in the way of the moments and all that. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, there's, there's a lot more to this than I ever understood. And that's also when I learned, and I am also a terrible photographer myself. So the one, I've had one published photo that I was proud of. I took a photo of a turkey like at King Richard's Fair and they put that on the front page of the Standard Times. So A1 above the fold. <laughs> I got a photo photo credit. So, but anyway, uh, I was just not someone who really understood and appreciated that. And and the same with a lot of other art. I can look at something and say, "Wow, that's really good," but I can't really kind of break it down and get into the themes and the connections and 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 what it represents and all of that. Now I can take a song and and do exactly all that. But I think it's just I'm more geared toward the words than I am toward the images. And so that's, that's why it was never really something that appealed to me. I still, I mean, I like going to an art museum. I like going when there's a, a special collection on display. In fact, I was on the TV the other day and I saw that they had an Egyptian uh, thing that was going on at the Harvard Art Museum. And I was like, oh, I'm going to come back and go to that. And then I saw that it actually had ended in July. And I was like, all right, well, who doesn't change the, the advertisements in the MBTA train? But, uh, you know, I guess they've got other problems with it. The, they've got far bigger problems with the T than who's going to go in there and change the signage. Uh, 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Um, not too bad. Yeah, art is a, uh, you know, I, I never liked abstract art, but I had a girlfriend who uh, went to uh, UMass Dartmouth and she went there for four years. And... It was about 10 years ago, and she actually went downtown for her senior era, which graduated her last year. She got to work out of the downtown campus. And uh, so I helped her out a few times with a few sculptures and bringing them in and whatever. And so I, and I hung around, and I listened to stuff. I listened to people talk, and I, I got to learn quite a bit. So I have, I've grown to respect the abstract art. I don't always see it, and I don't always care for it, but I, I have a little bit more respect for it now. Mm -hmm. And there are some basic principles behind it all. But every now and then you get some stuff that there's really nothing there, you know, where people just, you know, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing there yet. They call it art. And um, um, and, and, it's, and sometimes but, those are the people that make a lot of money. Well, but, you, you know, know I, I have to respect that, too, because, you know, there's a lot of people who write and just write in a stream of consciousness style that doesn't have anything behind it. And, and that's stuff that I love to read. Like, I, I love to read Hunter S. Thompson. I love mm -hmm. to read the beat poets, you know, and a lot of that stuff is just stream of consciousness that didn't really have any, any intention behind it. And it's kind of like put the pen to paper and see what happens. And gotcha. so, you know, if, if people are doing the same thing art wise, well then, then I can, I can understand it. I, again, I don't, I don't, I can't dissect it and I can't analyze it, but I can look at it and say, wow, good job. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. And so let me ask you a question that well, I'm going to call it a piece of art, but I'm being very respectful here. Now, downtown on Route 18, um, that it's a bird with the dress on or something. What's mm -hmm. your view on that? I think it's been one of the most talked about pieces of art in the city for a long time. 
And yeah. that that alone is why it's important. It gets people talking about art, and then it gets people talking about art in New Bedford, and then it gets people talking about the artistic community in New Bedford. Um, I don't find it to be offensive in any way, uh, and it wasn't intended to be offensive either. Like, the, the intent wasn't, it's not, we call it booby seagull, but it's actually seagull Cinderella. That's that's the idea behind it. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, and I, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know what to really think of it. You know what I mean? I, I think that there's a lot of good things we've kind of put in the city here that would actually do the city a little bit more justice, I think, than that, to be truthful. And you could you could find a piece of art you could put anywhere that would get people to talk, and it could be abstract, and it could. But I, I just I don't know of all the things that New Bedford could find to put there. I think that's probably one of the worst things I've ever well, seen. Well, let me ask yeah. you this: How do you feel about the giant genitalia on Salty the Seahorse? I have no idea what that is. No, it's not really there. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 At least I've never, I've never gone over to Mattapoisett and looked under Salty the Seahorse, but I don't think there's anything there. (laughs) All right, then. (laughs) Okay. Keep up the good work. Have Have a good day. day. Take it easy. I mean, if, 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 if they want to make it, you know, anatomically correct, I I don't know. I think it's, I think Salty's a, a, a boy seahorse, right? I don't know. I've never gone under the statue to check, though. All right, I'm going to take my final break of the morning. We'll be back in a few moments. All right, welcome back in. Let's squeeze in another quick phone call here before the end of the program. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hello? Hi, you're on the air. About the seahorse male genitalia. (laughs) I don't know what it looks like, but they carry the babies, the males do. Oh wow! No, there's there's no actual genitalia on the horse on the seahorse. I, I was just kidding. I, I, oh, I know that. Okay. I have no idea what the genitalia looks like. I was a commercial fisherman. I found a few seahorses actually in my lifetime. Oh wow! Little little ones, but um, the, the males carry the babies. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can right. you can buy them for like if you have like a home saltwater tank, can't you buy them and have them as pets? I guess I don't yeah. know. I, mean, I would imagine they they probably be pretty expensive and hard to keep alive. Salt saltwater tanks are beyond my capability, so I never tried one. Yeah, they're very difficult. All right. Well, All right. thank you for the info. Uh, give you that little info. <laughs> Have a good day. You too. And yeah, the the most success I ever had was uh, w- w- when I had Oscars, which I loved. I loved having Oscars because you get to feed them like raw meat. Get a package of hamburger and just feed them. They jump up and eat it. Bite your finger. But, uh, yeah, I, I've never tried a saltwater tank. My friend John, he has beautiful saltwater tanks, but he puts a lot of time and effort and energy and money into it, and I don't think I could do that. But, yeah, I think you were shaking your head, Chris. Salt seahorses aren't that expensive. Is that the case? You know, Tim, I... I don't know. Which one is that? Found. I, I would never have them, but I remember getting... Looking online, they, they weren't that expensive, and I couldn't believe how prolific they were. There's yeah. a lot of people that really get into that. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, for me, you know, the, the, the ultimate goal for me was to get a, a shark. You know, and I got a little freshwater shark. Right. That was cool. It looked like a little great white swimming around. But the other fish didn't like him too much. I had a friend, uh, Dave Beard, who had Oscars and, and Jack Dempsey's and other mm-hmm. fighting fish. Those were uh, pretty cool. You're right. I, uh, I also had an axolotl before anybody that I knew had one. And I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.